Last time on This Paranormal Life. This book contains information so mind-blowing, so mind-bending, so face-melting, that if true, it changes everything. So he types, the, types in open file, KDN. And there's this text. True are the nightmares of a person that fears safe are the bodies of the silent world. Ken, Nick, and Debbie didn't know what to make of it. Uh, what do you want us to do? Uh, did you live here? You said your people's time is 1985. I thought your time was also 2109. Like your friend who brought the box of lights to me. He grabbed the keyboard, calling 2109, question mark. Welcome to This Paranormal Life, the weekly podcast where every week we discuss a different paranormal tale claim or case and we get to the bottom of it we get to the bottom of every case we get to the bottom of every bottle we get to the bottom of every piece Little of tinfoil packet of that sweet sweet heroin <laughs> whatever it takes to crack the case we get to the bottom of it ideally crack yeah <laughs> hopefully it's crack is this another crack case Absolutely. i'm itching to get to the bottom <laughs> that's right welcome back folks it's another tuesday i'm joined by my professional paranormal host investigator pal Mr. Rory Pars. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Doing all right over there, Rory? I'm doing great, man. I'm ready to enjoy part two of one of our biggest investigations of all time. Back on a Tuesday, this time with a part two. That's right, people. A rare part two in this episode. So last week, we left it in a crazy place. So yeah. it was this tale of a haunted computer. Right. Haunted with the ghost of a 16th century man. And then near the end, we had this crazy revelation where we seemed to be receiving a message from the future yeah from a 2109 a message from the future to the man in the past <clears throat> bypassing the middle <laughs> the middle the present right which is 1985 where are we now <laughs> who am i i just put a straight jacket on you right away <laughs> wheel me out <laughs> Yeah, I'm the fifth Rory to do this show. <laughs> You're like, bring in the next one. <laughs> this is the real Shutter Island situation we got going here. We left it last week where Ken, the owner of this computer, he was about to type out a message to 2109, try and make contact. They send messages backwards in time. He's trying to go forwards in time, if that makes sense. No. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. So Ken has typed in this message, calling... 2109 and he waits a few minutes and of course nothing but later that day just like the first day that lucas messages the bbc micro there's a new file on the computer but this one isn't from lucas you're shaking your head yeah <laughs> why why does it always take until the computer is left completely unattended for a file to appear just one of my many many hang-ups <laughs> about this story but please continue Okay, this message is written in all capitals. It's important. <laughs> Ken, Deb, Peter, we are sorry that we can only get... <clears throat> I should do a voice, right? Yeah, right, future voice. <laughs> Slightly more high-pitched and annoying, I, I think. Yeah, I guess because it's all caps, and in the future, I think we're all going to get higher voices naturally. Yeah, because, you know, we used to be, like, Neanderthals, quite big like, and oh, strong. Oh. So the future's obviously going to be like, ah, ah, <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Mouse people. <laughs> Yeah. I know I was thinking more like a kind of like Dalek, sort of like a Doctor Who, sort of like Ken, Deb, okay. Peter. <laughs> kind of hurt my vocal cords just now. <laughs> Your throat is bleeding. I didn't realize that was possible, but 
We are sorry that we can only give you two choices. One, that you either have your predicament explained in such a... By the way, people from the future are British. Okay, obviously. Right, yeah. That you either have your predicament explained in such a way that you may have instant understanding, but cause what should not be to happen. Cool. Nonsensical. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Or two, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime change the face of history. We, 2109, must not affect your thoughts directly, but give you some sort of guidance that will allow room for your own destiny. All we can say is that we are all part of the same god, whatever he or it is. Oh, God. He's so annoying. <laughs> so- <laughs> He's so horrible. Ken's just got his fingers in his ears. Yeah, Jesus. god damn it. Didn't even realize this thing had speakers. So look, obviously this message is a bit convoluted grammatically. Yeah, but not, not much punctuation going on there. But think about the wisest man of all time, Yoda. <laughs> and grammatically, he was all over the place. He couldn't even form a sentence I think it was like... Because either. his little Yoda mind had been so blown by the knowledge he discovered over a lifetime of the universe, he started sentences backwards. Yeah, people, people who are functioning on that level, they have no time for formatting, no time exactly. for punctuation. Too much he'd seen. <laughs> blown, his mind was. So I can understand why these higher... These he was really beings. smart. You just didn't finish primary school. I think that's the difference between yeah, you and you. That's why I can't form sentence. Right. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Homeschooled, I was. <laughs> Friends, not many had I. <laughs> Public education, my father thought, was scam. <laughs> Sounds like your father was a scam artist. <laughs> nah, kid, you're not going to school. School's a scam. <laughs> they just want to get money out of it. School's free, Dad. No, no, no. They just want money out of it. No, no, no. But if you join my school for a yearly subscription of five ninety nine, you sound like a scam. Please, son, scam. You sound like you score a grammar in this house. Dad, my arm's bleeding. I cut my arm. I'm a doctor's a scam, so we sure aren't going there. Maybe you'll get lucky and die. Be freed from life. Life's the biggest a scam. <laughs> I miss mom. <laughs> She was a scam. I'll tell you right now, Junior. Women are a scam. Can't live with them. Can't not be scammed by them. Jesus. I had a tough childhood. I mean, I would never have known by your t-shirt that reads, Ask me about my childhood. <laughs> my belt buckle that just says scamming. <laughs> Gone scamming. <laughs> Right after they receive this message, the poltergeist activity in the house starts legit popping off. Things are moving around the house at an alarming rate. I know we talked about small items being moved around earlier, but here's a picture to show you what's going down now. Feast your eyes on this. Jesus Christ. For those of you listening, it essentially appears as if all of the furniture and belongings in the house have just been magnetically pulled to one corner of the yeah, room. Yeah, as if Magneto himself bust into that room. Yeah, but not Magneto because it looks like wooden chairs. And yeah, surface. the wood version of Magneto. <laughs> Woodneto. Woodneto. Woodneto has just taken all the objects and either drawn them or stacked them. Mm-hmm. It's troubling. And not only that, but one day they enter the house to discover more writing, this time all over the floor. Ken immediately thinks to contact Peter, the language guy. And Peter works out... Of course, me, Peter. (laughs) Oh, hello there. Peter, I was wondering if I could talk to you about writing on the floor. It couldn't have possibly been me. You're being weird again, Pete. (laughs) You were so chill until these these happenings. (laughs) Peter works out right away that the... Oh, coincidental. (laughs) 
that is written in Latin. Now, Rory, a lot of people write in Latin. Ooh. Granted, they all died a thousand years ago. There you go. Granted, Peter can speak and write Latin, but that's... You, you don't find this a bit suspicious at all. No. Listen, Peter's a trustworthy guy. You know, that you, you think Ken and Debbie are really that dumb that they wouldn't suspect Peter? All I'm going to say is, the only thing that verifies that this is a really a man from the past is yes. the... Uh, historical accuracy of the old English that he's been writing in. Verified by one man <laughs> who also knows Latin. <laughs> but, you know, in the last episode we did get to a point where those guys, you know, locked the doors and been in the next room when yep. new messages had appeared on the computer. So, like, there's no way Peter was, like, bashing open those doors, getting in, typing up Word documents That's and then true. getting out again. I mean, granted, the yeah, the the chalk. Not for lack of trying, he was really (laughs) going out those windows. We saw him go down the chimney at one point. (laughs) They call him up. They're like, Peter. I know you've been trying some of that funny business, and we don't appreciate it. But (laughs) God damn, you're the only person who knows Latin around these parts, and we need your help. (laughs) This is creepy. So the Latin reads, Peter, you ask too much. Lucas is going to his death for he has brought death upon himself. The gods will root you out. So this is from the future, talking about the guy from the past. Yes. Okay. That's right. No. (laughs) (laughs) Then what is this? I'm not confused. It's all you guys who are confused. I guess because it's in Latin, we might infer that it could be from... Oh, the friend. Lucas's found... friend. Right, okay. Yeah, which might be his partner. We don't really know who that is. Okay. And before long, more messages start arriving on the BBC Micro. Your questions will be answered. Not enough power. Go to sleep. Alone. Peter, you are devoting nights and days to your investigation. This is what he wishes for himself. That trick of yours does not deceive me. And if you don't think those make sense... You're goddamn right. They don't make any sense. You know, we were kind of had a bit of a linear discussion going on between yeah. Ken, Debbie, and Lucas in the past. At this point, things are getting pretty messy. It's hard to discern, I think, for these guys, whether messages are coming from 2109 or from Lucas in the past or indeed from messengers that they don't know who they are yet. Ken tries to get to the bottom of this and he types in 2109. What's going on? What do these messages mean? And they reply, all caps. <clears throat> What help do you require? If you wish to know Lucas Wainman's true name, we can say no more than the man named Peter has it. The person you refer to as one is not to be trusted. Also, there is nothing to fear outside man. True, but you are not yet ready to know what man is. Without knowledge, you have fear. With fear, you create nightmares. This is Yoda, isn't it? (laughs) Fear leads to knowledge. Knowledge names to nightmares. <laughs> a bit to pick apart there. Who's one? This is right. another person they're referring to. We don't know who that is. But Ken does put two and two together a little bit. And he says, you know, Lucas did mention that the man who gave him the box of lights in the first place was John. And he thinks, could this potentially be the same person? Which is quite an interesting point that if someone came from the future to the past and did like a quick, hello, how are you? Shook, shook his hand and said his name was one maybe someone in the 1500s might have been like that's not a name yeah or like misheard it you know and maybe been, it was like juan 
<laughs> yeah, it legit could have been. And amidst this, Lucas is unable to message the guys. He's being he's been blocked in the WhatsApp group basically of somehow. But Debbie leaves out some charcoal. She kind of thinks around this and she leaves out some charcoal and some paper because of all the chalk drawings that have been going on. So whilst Lucas cannot communicate through the computer, he is able to write to them. This works a treat. And he writes, Ask Debbie about the dream and you will know my name. So if you remember back to the previous episode, Debbie was having some weird dreams. Yeah. Debbie, in fact, seems to be like a weird point of contact. Which? That's what I was thinking, dude. Like the other guys, like Ken, like he seems like pretty chill. Yeah. Peter, he's, he, he seems kind of chill. But Debbie... She's a woman. I mean, she's a witch. Yeah. So she's not to be trusted because she's a woman. I mean, because she's a witch. <laughs> right. So let's say what we have to do on three. Ready? Okay. One, two, two three. three. Burn Put her, her in the computer. Oh. <laughs> she has to go in. Right. Okay. Yeah. The burning though. Are we still on track for that? Or are we going to put that on hold? If she fails to go in, we'll burn her. Okay. That's a good, that's a really good point. <laughs> So Debbie's trying to remember her, her dream. She remembers Lucas saying something along the lines of, If you put Tom instead of Lucas, you will know my name. It is also Peter's house. Okay. This is very cryptic. Tom House is his name. Not far off. <laughs> they, they think for a second, and Peter lives in Hawarden. Tom Hawarden? That's right. Thomas Ooh. Hawarden. And the reason they strike upon this pretty quickly, I think, the reason that maybe Peter gets to the bottom of this is because throughout this investigation, he's been working with a local history expert, Robin Peel. And through analysing public records, they had actually come up with a name a whiles back uh, that Robin suggested. He suggested Hawarden. But it turned out that there was a record of a Thomas Hawarden. There is indeed a record. If you listeners at home look up Thomas Hawarden right now, you will see records from the 1500s of this guy existing. Jesus. Again, this is tough. Doesn't explain much because a hoaxer could look that name up. Absolutely. Yeah. But if there's a hoaxer, he did at least do his homework because turns out Thomas Hawarden went to the college that Lucas said he went to. He stayed there for eight years. He was actually expelled. He <laughs> was always on his BBC micro during <laughs> class. And they were like... How did you get that? Are also, you on mini clip? <laughs> what is a mini clip? <laughs> Yo, you guys don't know what Newgrounds is, but it's going to be home to some sweet flash animation yeah. one day. So around this point, Ken does what he really should have done right in the beginning. He gets a paranormal research team involved. Yes! He gets the Society for Psychical Research involved. Now, this is a real nice. society. Yeah, well, I know those guys. Granted, we started it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I kind of threw it under the bus there. Even you lose your keys, call us. <laughs> anything oh was that a creek outside call us husband won't leave you alone call us now paranormal but we'll deal with him i bought a gun i just want to say it's that it's my business it's my side hustle actually my side my side hustle is my side arm <laughs> not, really, not really a job but i've got a piece recently <laughs> Just go to job interviews and it's like, oh, well, you know, we've heard word from people that you're really great. Did you bring a CV with you? <laughs> that appears you have a gun. It's actually a yes. cool little life hack. Is people take you a lot more seriously when you're in a gun. When you're in a gun. <laughs> Just us on stage at like a TEDx conference. You know, I was bullied whenever I was at school. I was kind of the kind of little guy. People picked on me. And whenever I got older, I discovered the secret. <laughs> Down a back alley for 200 pounds. <laughs> I bought a 9mm. Not gay sex. <laughs> it was a gun. A 9mm dick. Yeah. 
So these psychical researchers come to visit the house. They bring around experts on ghost contact, tech-mediated ghost contact, computer scientists. Nice. And they look at a whole host of things, like maybe messages are being uploaded via power lines. So I, th- I guess they, they're thinking it could be something wacky like that. I mean, it's like, you know, uh, extraordinary uh, claims... It needs extraordinary evidence. Someone even suggests, is there a dictation software that maybe someone is, again, using sound, like speaking this somehow? Right. Talking about, that would make in. sense why grammatically it's all over the place and exactly. nonsensical. But upon hearing 2109, they're very interested, but they say no more on the matter. <laughs> and all the while, the poltergeist activity is popping off once more. Ken and co. are pretty frustrated and confused. So, once again, they message 2109. Listen, this is your goddamn fault. Yeah. He, like, calls up 2109. He's like, what is happening in the house? Please explain this. And they get a a file back from 2109. Possibly you refer to the forces that you yourself have unleashed. It is correct for you to assume that the poltergeist phenomena is present in communications, but we can say very little about this subject as only what you will know already, for reasons surely evident to you three, poltergeist phenomena as follows. And they basically give future scientific research about poltergeist phenomena. They say, surplus kinetic energy projected by either one or more individuals or by storage channels held within buildings and places where strong emotions such as frustration have been felt, most common energy centered around an individual. Released for many reasons, usually children between ages of 12 to 19, 87.9% girls. In all but three recorded cases, no injuries inflicted by the source. Last cases of injuries sustained by a falling beam recorded in 2006. Why does he have time for this? (laughs) He made everything sound like it was so urgent. It sounded like it was so up against the wire. Someone's about to be killed in the olden days. And now he's like, oh, yes, poltergeist activity. One of my favorite subjects. And now he's just going on a rant about Let, it. Let's start a podcast. <laughs> you would be dope as my first guest, bro. <laughs> we could talk about all this cool shit. In the future, podcasts are also in video form. Do you mean just videos? Yes. I forgot you had those too. <laughs> Your puny minds could never comprehend VHS. We have VHS. Oh, shit. What time is this? I thought I was talking to the 1500s again. I meant DVD. Do you know about YouTube? (laughs) The future's quite boring, really. We still have YouTube. What do you make of that? He gives us this research about poltergeists. Quote, unquote, please. (laughs) Which research. bitch? <laughs> the entire investigation. <laughs> uh, yeah, quote unquote research. Um, also very interesting that he mentions a reported poltergeist injury in 2006. Bearing in mind, Ken's receiving this in 1985. So what? It, what was the one that he mentioned in 2006? Did it ever come to fruition? No. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but trouble is, if you Google that today, we're obviously beyond 2006 now. Yep. If you s- search poltergeist, um, falling beam, uh, injury, something like that, not much comes up, to be honest. I did see um, a record of like a firefighter being injured by some sort of like building support beam 2006. But, I mean, that's probably not poltergeist. No. Um, There's more fire related, I assume. <laughs> the poltergeist might have started the fire, dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it's tough, though, because you don't know what's caused by a poltergeist. What's the chances? Think of all the seven billion people that live in the world today. If someone's being haunted by a poltergeist, A, do they know it? Right. B, does it ever get reported? Is the person killed? That's a good point. You know, because all we have record of is the reported cases of Mm -hmm. paranormal activity. There's got to be so many that go unreported. Exactly. I mean, if I had a paranormal experience... I mean, the one I had in in Dublin, for example, yeah. the, the port, that paranormal experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't talk about that. I didn't write a blog about that or mm-hmm. go to a newspaper about it. Yeah, I Unless, mean that, that's because you knew it not to be true, though. So, well, you know, I to this day believe it. It could very well be true. But I mean, I know you say that for the podcast, but yeah, but uh, but at the time you didn't think that happened, did well, you? I, I mean, I was pretty. I think you knew it was a dream. <laughs> pretty certain you know it's pretty certain that it, it, that it hadn't happened yeah. but it's fine we, we can talk about it. we'll talk about it another yeah, time we'll, talk about we'll get back to it sure thing um yeah all we have are the documented cases so it could have very well happened and we didn't even know about it it's true uh you know that's kind of devil's advocate it does of course open a whole can of worms about how would 2109 know about it if it wasn't widely documented even in 2006 oh uh, yeah but they do seem to have kind of crazy interdimensional powers of travel and communication yeah so Definitely interesting, not conclusive in any way of anything. Got it. Well, the next day, 2109 follows up with another message. And they're pissed off. (laughs) (laughs) They're freaking pissed. Who? (laughs) We have reason to believe you have Lucas Wayneman's true name. If this is correct, you must say so, so we may rectify the problem immediately before it is accepted. You may now continue to write to Lucas to establish your responsibility to our experiments and towards a better understanding of time and its forces. No, look, no, this is, this has gone on too far. Does anyone, do any of the three of them know what's actually going on? (laughs) It's getting quite confusing, but don't worry, if you feel confused... You're We're very much at the base. <laughs> we are at base camp of confusing mountain, and we shall be scaling post haste. <laughs> Population: the author. Uh, Oxygen is known to thin at the top of confusing mountain. I hope you're prepared. Uh, it you. It's not that you've missed something. It is confusing. Okay. okay. There's a lot going on. So Ken says. Uh, I mean, like, what? What do I care? Whatever. We figured it out. Yes. So, you know, Lucas Wayneman isn't his real name. It's Thomas Awarden. What the f*** ever. Exactly. Well, what does it matter? <laughs> oh, if only you had listened. <laughs> At present, you have two Lucases running around your house. If at any time... <laughs> what? If at any time the two Lucases are to meet, we cannot explain the devastation that will erupt within the time continuum. We must stop communication with Lucas 1, but we cannot interfere with Lucas 2 while we decide what can be done to rectify the problem. You must help by giving us every word uttered by Thomas Howarden from the second you received his true name. You must also state how much information you have in this man. Everything, word for word, avoid any other communication you have with him. Desperation, be quick, be quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Ken and Debbie do not know what to make of this. Who should they even be listening to at this point? Surely 2109 cannot be serious about the devastation it would cause across the space-time continuum. Right. And to make matters even more confusing, they're getting messages from they don't even know where. Another file appears in the computer simply reading, (laughs) What are you scared of? (laughs) 
Ken asks 2109, again, politely, to stop the poltergeist activity, can they please help them with that at least? Because their life is kind of in ruin. Right. As you've seen from the picture. They don't have a chair to sit in anymore. Woodnito is messing the place up. <laughs> they said, Yes, we shall hold back as best we can on the poltergeist. Ask the man David what he thinks of conjectural tachyons and what his theories of causality. Oh, shut up. And what are his theories? <laughs> his theories of causality what answer does he have for its paradox cheers oh no shut up this is mad if the 2109 people were the ones that gave the dude the computer in the first place why can't they just come back now and just talk with the people in the present day they didn't give him that that it was thing. some sort of accident but because or? because if you the last messages we've got 2109 seem to have lost control of the situation <laughs> okay they are relying on ken in 1985 to maintain contact with lucas right in the past or thomas as, as he's now known i think if they were able to just zip back and sort this whole thing out they would right um so I, which indicates that it maybe wasn't them or at least not the people who are messaging ken so at this point what does Ken have to do? Stop two Lucases from meeting? Running about his house, yes. Okay. And meeting. And disrupting the space-time continuum. Of course. Keep up. <laughs> Dude. You idiot. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you are somebody who loves all things spooky, then Real Life Ghost Stories podcast is the one for you. My name is Emma. I am the host of Real Life Ghost Stories podcast. And every week I bring to you three podcast episodes that are full to the brim with paranormal stories. Every Wednesday and Friday, I release a mini episode which is dedicated to the spooky stories of our listeners. And every Sunday, we deep dive into a famous paranormal case. You can find Real Life Ghost Stories wherever you get your podcasts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here. Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. <laughs> And it turns out this David they mention is one of the men working with the research team investigating the case. This is the Society for Psychical Research. When they ask David, he says, 
that's so weird. I've been lecturing my students at the college on tachyons very recently. And amidst this, I should just point out, the gang are receiving a ton of messages from 2109 and all sorts of corners. At one point, Ken mentions the, like using a telephone. <laughs> and 20, this is kind of funny. 2109 replies, Yes, telephones. The things that... <laughs> Things that you may consider advanced communication, if only you could see what is to come. Why is he bragging now? <laughs> this isn't the time to brag. <laughs> we are not entirely in command of this experiment, so we can... I get that. <laughs> I get that. We can only say that communications will cease no earlier than November. If you tell us who is one, then we shall give you 100% evidence for the people directly investigating your phenomena. So they're kind of doing a bit of a bargain here. They're like, just look, we've only got till November. These guys are kind of revealing themselves to be kind of pen pushers. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like, look, we've until November to wrap this up. Please get us the data we need on Thomas Warden. Tell us who one is so we can tidy this whole shit up and we'll let you know whatever you want to know. So seeing this conversation between 21 and 9 and Ken... The SPR, Society for Psychical Research, said, look, can we write some questions as well? We want to know some stuff. So they ask, how do your people use this communication? What's going on? And 2109, get back. Peter, you are, without any exaggeration, a clever and cautious man whom have thought with great care your words. Here are some facts accepted in our time. One, if a person is to physically travel in time, then they must take the living place of a person at the point of destination and vice versa. Oh. Imagine a set of scales balanced perfectly with pebbles. To remove a pebble from one dish to the other and keep this perfect balance, you must instantaneously remove a pebble from the other and replace them in reverse order. Unnecessary. You <laughs> I think everyone had a firm grasp on what he meant. You, <laughs> you may move a couple of pebbles already in the dish, but the vital balance is still kept. If someone is brought in from okay, another dimension... He's really slaying it all now we got it man no you don't understand if one were to take seven pebbles you must also take seven so yeah cool eight pebbles will result in an equal eight pebbles being oh my god they just said how smart he was as well it's like you're an intellectual man peter now to condescend you beyond belief for a prehistoric little bitch you are quite smart peter but, but in the future, where we have giant brains and giant hogs, you are merely a surface dweller. You and your tiny brain and pecker are no use to us. I bet you can barely satisfy your girlfriend. Two, matter will not, as we know, ever travel in time. This is not a contradiction to the above information. Three, we are not in control of this experiment. I will stress that. This has gotten out of our hands. I am both drunk and high <laughs> at the wheel. Weed in the future is super strong. Uh, I'm not just a lightweight. <laughs> this is some heavy duty shit. <laughs> 2109 knows how to party. For Thomas is a person living in the 16th century, but unknown to him, he is not quite what he seems to be. Ken, there is a possibility that you may persuade Thomas to call up this chat one tonight. <laughs> as it is imperative that we speak to him immediately. That was kind of interesting about the time travel, though, I thought. Someone travelled back in time to give Lucas slash Thomas the box with lights, the computer, the ability to contact the future. Right. So does that mean there's been a trade 
Also, they said that matter cannot go back in time. So does that mean that it's people's like minds or souls or something? Is that what's traveling back? Yeah. Or then how did he get a computer back? Yeah. Is it just some sort of, is it like in that movie Arrival? It's like the aliens gift the humans something. And what it turns out is it they gift them the ability to see through time. Right. Information can travel time, but matter cannot. Okay. So who is this character one or John? This is the guy that Lucas claimed that appeared to him and gave him the box of lights. That's all we know. Additionally, I told you that the Society for Psychical Research had a few questions. One of the things they wanted to know, and this was pretty darn smart of them, if you're from the future, tell us where in the night sky is the next supernova gonna happen not like when's my cat next gonna like shit in the kitchen right what's the next astronomical event that humans cannot interfere with what's the next time it's gonna happen and they reply david you interfere with communication yes we are from what you would call a tachyon universe but your understanding is incorrect yes we will give you a plotting of a star next time We move at a speed so that we cover every point in your time and universe. We have no form. We feed of a neat energy that you will not have heard of. Biscuits. (laughs) We had those. Shit. (laughs) It is an advanced feeding supplement placed in a bowl, preferably with cold milk. Cereal? Shit. I didn't think you guys had that. (laughs) Cocoa Puffs from 2109 are much more advanced than Cocoa Puffs of your time. This entity they're communicating with is not even... It doesn't even have a body. Human it's not anymore. human, yeah. And that it, they say that it, they're moving at, at a speed that they can cover every time and space of u- the universe. It's all very cryptic. Alongside these messages, Ken also receives bizarre files that read like code. And he wonders whether he was ever supposed to receive these at all. And people who research this case... <laughs> Plan to kill Ken. <laughs> he knows too much. <laughs> I don't think this was supposed to go to me. <laughs> Shit, Ken, we meant a different Ken. We like you, bro. 2139788, colon, irrecoverable. State, reason for your pretext. State, what prerequisite you intend. State, logical explanation for intrusive behavior upon 1985. This is not your concern. Request, com.link62, plot.chan45295. Request, Answer immediate, colon, fed, awaiting reasons for delay. Okay. It says, state logical explanation for the intrusive behavior upon 1985. This is not your concern. So again, it's never like these guys are like pen pushers from the future. It sounds like a form or like a chat or something. Exactly. It's like they're being reprimanded or something for contacting 1985 at all. Yeah. Like they're maybe being like, hey, well, what are you guys doing with this contact with the past? So there seems to be, there's some sort of something technical going on here. But 2109, do get back with an answer the next day to some of David's questions, David from the SPR. And he had asked about this supernova. So they write, David and John observe bottom right-hand region of the southern hemisphere near to the center equator, seventh celestial body in the Delphinus constellation could soon be a quasar. But David, doing his homework, he says in relation to the supernova, that's incorrect, they must have it wrong because that area of sky is in the northern hemisphere, not the southern hemisphere. But then they think to themselves, and here's, I I don't mean to red pill you sons of bitches, (laughs) but this statement by 2109 would make sense 
If you were looking at the Milky Way from outside the Milky Way. Oh. It kind of like subtly backs up what they were saying about they're not really based on Earth anymore. Yeah, yeah. And as I say, this whole time, Ken is getting, frankly, bombarded with messages that he just doesn't know where they're from. Those ones that we've read are signed off 2109. They all kind of make sense. But he's getting loads. Um, we don't know whether they're from 2109, other people, maybe from this guy, one. Things like, I know your greatest fears. Well, why don't you just move at this point? <laughs> or just smash the computers? Just sledgehammer through the computer, it's all over. Yeah. All is not what it appears. You can't afford to be angry. Someone is in trouble. And again, more information that just seems like it's leaking through. One reads, SM fields will cause more than disruption with this kind. No more games. Tell them. Why don't you? You know why. It's as if, like, people within 2109 are maybe arguing with each other. It's just becoming a huge mess of messages crossing wires. And it's not even just on the computer anymore. They find more writing on the walls one day. God damn it. The eyes are open, yet nothing do you see. The grey retarding mass is your convict. Quietly, alone, he sits in the dark waiting for sentence to be passed and demanding through the eyes of the blind of unspoken questions to be answered of ethereal kind. The soul, he is the traveller. Chain nor bar can hold him to frail flesh. Here is the ruler of time and space. Here is your god. Which is very confusing, but also just very disconcerting. Nothing helps. Nothing is helping. helping, no. You think if you're from the future and you're advanced enough, you'd know by now. You'd just be like, all right, sidebar, guys, this isn't working. Like, this isn't working. I don't think we're talking to them in the right language. If they're smart enough, if the people in the present yeah. are smart enough to communicate effectively with the man from the past, yes, why aren't the people from the future who have evolved beyond human bodies smart mm. enough to capably contact and talk with the people of the present? Well, I think 2109 are doing... In the spectrum of this story, they're doing a decent job of, like, if you just pick out the 2109 messages... I guess. It's, like, a conversation between each message. But it's just, I think, these messages where we don't know where they're coming from, whether they're Lucas, maybe they're one. It's like drunk texting. That's what it is in the future. It's crazy. This is, like, how your phone messages inbox would read if you posted your phone number on a forum somewhere. This is what it would look like. And again, 2109 making a little bit more sense than these other messages. They give them some direct instructions this time. They say, We need you to do the following. There is a brilliant researcher named Gary M. Rowe. His ideas differ somewhat to yours, but nevertheless, he can help you with a couple of your problems. You may phone him at the number below and (laughs) and (laughs) subscribe up top, comment down (laughs) below and invite him to talk with you. When he comes, show him this and ask him what he makes of it. Peter must do the telephoning. So be, so Weirdly specific. <laughs> so Peter types in this telephone number. It's a UK number and a Mr. Gary Rowe picks up and he's a UFologist. He seems to understand and doesn't ask too many questions, but he comes around to the house to research the case with all his gizmos and gadgets. Gotcha. 2109 actually get Ken to print out their messages without reading them and give them in sealed envelopes to Gary. They say, The communication between Gary and 2109 is not of interest to you. Gary has a better understanding of us than you do. His experiences are most definitely an advantage to this. You will pay Gary whatever Gary wants, (laughs) and Gary shall have free reign of the house and biscuits. (laughs) Gary likes sandwiches without crusts. (laughs) I, I mean, I thought that point was pretty fascinating, though, because... 
you were contacting someone from the future and you were this disembodied alien entity with crazy technological capabilities. Right. And you were messaging people in the past and they just weren't getting it. You p- might turn to your local UFOlogist. Maniac. Yeah, you're lo- like paranormal investigator. And yeah. you're just like, okay, th- these guys have an open mind. Talk to them. Not like you can. Like you close can. My Ken. God damn. We thought you'd get this by now. Narc bitch. Yeah. Because like, like Ken was a teacher. Maybe they were like, yeah, Ken, like he's a smart guy. He's a teacher. He's going to understand. Yeah. But, uh, he, you know, his mind isn't open the same Couldn't. way Gary Rose is. And this whole time, engaging with 2109, Lucas has not been able to contact folks. We think maybe 2109 was blocking that in some way. And in one of these later messages, Lucas reveals the night the box of lights was given to him. He says that his friend Catherine was asleep by the fire in his house one night and he picked her up to take her to bed. All of a sudden, a green light shimmered on the wall. It became huge and out of the light stepped out what he thought was the devil himself. (laughs) He was paralyzed with fear and a person stepped out. Fear not, Thomas, you are starved to be a great man if you do not have fear, but keep your faith strong. Lucas thought, his words didn't sound like the devil, so he listened, and he left with Lucas the box of lights in his house. But Lucas quickly realized, when Catherine woke up, that Catherine couldn't see the box. She didn't even hear Lucas speak to the one. She said, silly Thomas, you were in your dreams. So I guess Lucas is kind of left maybe not knowing whether it was a dream, but he's left with this, like, as if he's had, like, a mental breakdown. He can see this box that no one else seems to be able to see. Yeah, that must suck. <laughs> I mean, I guess it could be worse. You I mean, could, how long do you just ignore it? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, at least a box is manageable. I feel like if that happened to you and it was, like, the the devil man that stepped up and he was just hanging out in your all house. All the time, yeah. All the time. There. Hey, want a sandwich? <laughs> oh, God. But a few days later, when Catherine was in the house and singing, Lucas noticed that the singing had been turned into words on the box of lights. And that's when he discovered that he could speak to this thing and the words would come up on the processor. Ah. That is how he's been communicating with Ken. Okay. He didn't know it was going to go anywhere, but he just knew that he could speak into it and see the words before him. So the time comes, eventually, they get to October... And it's got to the date when... Running out of time. They've run out of time. 2109 are saying they're, they're shutting this investigation down, whether you like it or not. Yeah. And Lucas knows this. Lucas and Ken and Debbie, they've built up a rapport at this at this point. They're great friends. They've shared thousands of messages probably at this point over right. the last year and a half. And uh, and Lucas is very touched. And, and he, he, he writes a lovely message um, on, the, on the micro. They open up this file. One day we will all sit down at my table for wine and meat by the river in Oxford and we will read each other's books in your time my book will be very old but I will not go to my God until it is written and we will be truly embraced my love to you all I shall await you in Oxford what a sweetie did he say what his book was called? (laughs) we'll we'll get to that okay (laughs) the Uh, bible (laughs) the Torah I think it's it's the it's the last days of this investigation and 2109 leave a similar message ken deb peter true other nightmare <laughs> it's so unemotional true other nightmares of those that fear what you fear will be your reality if you let it believe in yourselves safe are the bodies of the silent world 
As long as your kind cannot penetrate our world, we are safe. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and and withers in the burning light. Knowledge will be your progress, but your kind are coming close to getting their fingers burnt. Indirectly, you may prevent this. Get out your bricks. Get ready to build. Brackets. Write the book. Pussycat, pussycat, went to London to seek fame and fortune. The cat went to visit the queen, but instead frightened the little mouse under the chair. What is happening? (laughs) F*** off. (laughs) I would have smashed the computer so long ago. Thomas did eventually write his book and soon died shortly after. It was placed in a secure place. It shouldn't take too many years to find it. Though he wrote it in Latin... With the help of a friend that he met in Oxford, the inscription reads, Me writes this in the hope that mine fellows will one day find this book. Then may our lands be not so distant. We will finish now. You have a lot of work to do. There is no need for you to write back as we will be gone. Thank you for your cooperation. So you got to go find the book. No one's find the book. Oh, are you serious? (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Shit. (sighs) I mean... I didn't. I I couldn't keep you guys hanging there any longer. The book has not been found. Okay. Needless to say, the right. book has not been found. He said he's hid it in a secure location, hope probably somewhere in London or whatever. We don't know if that's you know in a bank somewhere or like in storage somewhere. He said it was secure, but it shouldn't take too long to find. It's written in Latin. And the mouse, the charming mouse. Who knows what that means? <laughs> Good God. Charming absolute nonsense <laughs> but it's such a delicious story imagine how much it would change things that would be insane yeah and no one someone no one's managed to find the book no but i mean this is a pretty niche story yeah. so i don't know like i hold out hope that maybe one day this book ends in a pretty unsatisfying conclusion because we're just left wanting this book that lucas wrote but I think before we get to you, frankly, shitting all over the story I've painted over the last two I episodes. I didn't say I was going to do that, but... <laughs> Sir, your trousers are down. You're hovering <laughs> over my laptop. Um, I thought it would be fun for me to troll the internet and just see what people were saying about this. There's kind of like a little active community, people okay. discussing this. And what's kind of crazy is because this was written in the 80s, the people that wrote this, Ken, Debbie, Nicola, Peter, they're alive. They're out there. Right. And so I did come across some uh, comments from these guys. Not Ken. Ken's dead. Stuck a revolver in his mouth. He said, I'm going to go meet Lucas. <laughs> um, Do not fear the charming mouse. <laughs> <laughs> what? I hath flown too close to the sun, little flower. Imagine him pussycat, saying that. Pussycat. <laughs> pussycat. Pussycat. Bought a revolver. <laughs> so I found one article online which is discussing this and Debbie Ken's partner, Debbie, started chiming into the conversation. She wrote, Both Ken and I are now living fairly normal lives, and I feel very privileged to have had such an experience. To this day, we really are no closer to any answers on the whole thing, and believe me, we have continued to search. In our naivety, both Ken and I thought that at the time, people would just, well, believe us. Why on earth would anyone want to make up something like that after all? We did hope we would get help in understanding what had happened to us but all we ended up getting was letters from nutters filmmakers and people who wanted to turn it into a love story across time so yes going public was pretty much a pointless exercise i'm afraid people also forget the fact that the book had to be condensed most of the 15 to 18 months of the phenomena 
nothing eventful happened. When it did, well, it was very interesting to say the least. On one thread online, in the comments section, Gary Rowe, the ufologist who 2109 specifically asked for Ken and Debbie to contact, he's pretty active in this in this comment thread and he's been replying to everyone, uh, everyone's questions about it. Um, as recently as like a month or two ago, uh, this Ridiculous. year, you can literally, I mean, I'll, I'll show you right now. There's his Facebook profile. God, Gary he Rowe. looks way more younger than I thought he would. Hmm. It's not that long ago in the scheme of things, is it? I guess not. Yeah, and he basically just seems to be saying, I investigated it with professionalism. Um, I'm not a crazy person. It was pretty inexplicable. He just recommends it that everyone reads between the lines and tries to best understand it, but he just can't really shed any more light on it than what's already there. Fair enough. An honest man. I can respect that. Absolutely. So, I've taken you on quite a journey, Rory Pars. Yeah. I've taken you from the 1500s through 1985. Through 2109? <laughs> it's been unbelievable in the truest sense of the word. Yeah. So, what are your initial thoughts? This story is mad. It doesn't make any sense in any form, which is why... Rory's rolling up his sleeves, <laughs> ready to get into fisticuffs. I just, I don't get, if you were going to make this up, why wouldn't you make up a story that makes more sense? Exactly. Why wouldn't it have more of a logical conclusion? Unless you're just terrible at storytelling <laughs> and English and you just created this way too convoluted self-indulged story about time travel and weird old machines. Yeah. Uh, how much is a BBC Micro? This isn't something we can buy. buy one? Yeah. Let me find out. I could probably search really quick on my phone. There was actually someone uh, on our Twitter got in contact to say that they sat their O-levels, I think, kind of the moder- modern equivalent would be GCSEs. They sat that on the BBC Micro back in the day. No way. And I asked him, I said, uh, what was it like to use? I'd love to try one one time. It's and- like, well, I kept getting all these messages from 2109. <laughs> you like- are tempted to cheat, yes? For we know everything. <laughs> Somewhere between 75 to 100 pounds. That's pretty good. Yeah. It doesn't seem too bad. I mean, I'm not going to... We, we already don't make money from this. The last yeah. thing we need to we do is start to be buying... The hole <laughs> yeah, old yeah. shit. <laughs> uh, you're the investigator here. What, what did, what's your, where are you coming down? Yeah, I think that's a very good point. For better or for worse, one of the best arguments for this not being a hoax is how convoluted it is. Right. It's not like a neat Hollywood story. No, not at all. Really. So I think it leads people to want to investigate it. But yeah, come to absolutely no conclusions regarding it. Additionally, I think in favor of maybe the veracity of this story is there does seem to be pretty decent paper trail of people involved in it and surrounded in it who can vouch for these people as people who lived in this small town in England. Yeah. And say, yeah, like it didn't really affect their lives in a good way. Um, They wrote this book. Uh, seemingly pretty earnestly like i mean for goodness sake like peter was one of the local school teachers ken was one of the local school teachers seemingly normal people i think it was peter (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was him at the beginning and i still think it's him now i i think what happened to ken i think he believed it was happening right but i don't have enough evidence to think it was actually time traveling communications Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I also don't know yeah. what it could have what else it could have been. I know what you mean. There's there was like a funny few and I had to leave out, you know, some details for the sake of um brevity, like where twenty one oh nine says, Lol, this is a hoax. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting <laughs> kind of ruins note. the mood. 
yeah the way they need to speak specifically to different people like we need to speak specifically to gary we need to speak specifically to peter yeah uh take it to peter at, at one point i think gary i might have mentioned that gary is getting reprimanded for being too near the computer the 2109 is basically saying leave debbie in the room you oh know? right yeah weird stuff there, there like was that. stuff like that where well, how do I know that that wasn't Peter? That wasn't Debbie just typing it all up. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. In the case of a crime, you know, often it's the most obvious person or the person closest to them sort of thing. Yeah, and it's hard to <laughs> believe the book written about the murder if it's written possibly by the killer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, don't really know who to believe in that situation. I would understand more the link between the present and the future, not to the past. To yeah. the extent that was happening. That sounds insane. It's a bit like they say time travel will be possible from the point we invent the time machine, but you won't be able to go back. Yeah. It's a bit like saying, yeah, you can use a computer once it's invented to contact the future. Yeah, exactly. But you can't go back. But I guess they, their workaround was they went back in time and gave the computer to the, the Yeah, but then that's also 1500s. insane because... It goes back in time. Sure, I'll believe that. But now he's got a computer delivered in a dream mm -hmm. that only one man can see. Mm -hmm. It's like, where's the technology that? What is that? What does mm -hmm. that even mean? That's yeah. insane. When using time travel, you must remove one pebble, replace with another pebble. 2109 did a pretty good job of giving away just enough information to make it seem legit. Right. But they never really gave away so much that it was like truly mind-blowing. Yeah. But I feel like they maybe slightly fell short on the kind of irrefutable proof that they were from the future. I think if you were from the future, you feel like the best way to get people on your side is to maybe go, your dog is going to get hit by a car on Tuesday. And then this space car comes <laughs> flying out of nowhere, <laughs> kills the dog. <laughs> the dog comes out of a wormhole, kills the dog into another wormhole. Like you could have just. <laughs> like done anything you could have made me like breakfast had it sitting for me first thing in the morning you didn't have to kill my dog <laughs> he was flying too close to the sun <laughs> he had it coming <laughs> okay i think i've taken you on enough of a journey and i feel like you made your mind up last episode unfortunately <laughs> i think all things considered you know it's a very nice story very romantic story um but i think i'm gonna land on a no you're like, wow. I honestly didn't see that coming. That honestly I thought you were on board. Hurts a little bit. It actually smarts. That um, being said, I too am a no. <laughs> uh, where, where do you come down as the investigator? There's too much going on. There's too many things for me to have to say yes to. And I just don't know if it's true. But I will say it is one of my favorite investigations we've covered on the show so far. And for that reason, it's a no. <laughs> <laughs> two no's <laughs> two no's unfortunately but a riveting tale nonetheless <laughs> we'll chalk that one up to a loss <laughs> so we're gonna post a twitter poll because i think this one could be quite divisive i think people enjoyed uh, last week's episode and hopefully this week's episode so we're gonna see what people are thinking out there yeah see if anyone's read the book see if they know better than us you can find that at this para life on twitter mm -hmm. you can also email us your own suggestions stories anything at all really to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com we'll be back next week with another riveting tale of the paranormal goodbye
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.